Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. It's time now to talk to... Um, look, we really appreciate him coming on. It's normally Thursdays, but we're stuck it out to Wednesday, of course... Um, Celebrated uh, Willie Lossay's life yesterday, which was a fantastic tribute, TJ. About 3,000 people there. But let's talk some rugby. Um, Gosh, there's so much going on. A a quick review of the All Blacks Rugby Championship efforts. They got the win. They held the Bledisloe Cup. So on paper, um, success. But, geez, it was hard-earned. Yeah, it was, in the end, a lot better than it was looking like it was going to be after three games when they dropped, you know, obviously the first game in South Africa, bounced back from that really well against the South African team that, you know, let's be honest, uh, wasn't as good as it had been in the first test, but it was still a notable win in a difficult place to win. Then they come back, uh, drop a game to Argentina, another below par performance. Um, but then after that, it was it was pretty good. They bounced back really well from that. The performance in Hamilton uh, was comprehensive. Again, Argentina weren't as good as they'd been the previous week, and that was a bit of a theme throughout the rugby championship. Teams struggling to produ- reproduce the intensity of a winning performance back-to-back. But the All Blacks managed to do that. Obviously, a controversial win in uh, Melbourne, but you just got to remember that uh, the referee's decision didn't hand the game to the All Blacks. It provided them with an opportunity, and they took that really well, which was a good sign. And then in a test that, uh, you know, that kind of, it, it burst into life for times and then spluttered a bit, but in the end, the All Blacks way too good for an Australian team that, to me, just looks in a world of trouble. Um, and, and so... They, they come out of it in the end with an unlikely win, uh, a, a narrow margin, but still, I think, you, you know, you win the Bledisloe Cup or you retain the Bledisloe Cup, you win the Rugby Championship. You've got to give them a, a, a good pass mark uh, and you can see the potential to get better but the need to be more consistent. And so the next time we'll see the top flight All Blacks is obviously the Northern Hemisphere Tour, but throw in the curveball of the All Blacks 15, um, who are not going to be classified as All Blacks, uh, but they're going to be called the All Blacks to a degree. Do we see the return of the likes of Stephen Perifeta, Peter Gusso, Akula, and some other ones that have been knocking on the door? Well, there's some real value in a tour like this, and I can remember the first time I went away on an All Blacks tour to Europe, uh, the All Blacks played, uh, I think they played a couple of tests in um, France um, and one in Italy, but at the same time, there was a New Zealand A team doing the rounds. They called them New Zealand A. It was under Steve Hansen and Robbie Deans uh, and, and Darren Shand, actually, and, and that produced an opportunity for a, a, a lot of players to get some international experience. Like for example, they played a, like a French Barbarians team a couple of times. Uh, they played Wales A, and then they ended up with a game against Romania in Bucharest. And you know, a lot of good players came through uh, the ranks of that team. I think Tony Brown uh, was a guy that uh, I think uh, Jerry Collins, Rodney Soriano, players like that, Chris Jack. So it, it was a really worthy thing. And you know, to me, the interesting thing is going to be how do they balance this out? Um, you know, there's some All Blacks that could really do with some game time. And taking them away on tour, it, would it be better for them to be in the A team? And I'm looking at guys like Roger Tuivasa-Shek, uh, Lester Fainga, Anuku, players like that. Would they be better off getting 
uh, repeat game time with the A-team or will the All Black selectors insist on them going along for the ride where they might only make one and a bit appearances? Uh, to me, the answer, especially with a guy like RTS, I would I would take him with the All Blacks, play him against Japan, and then send him to the um, to, to the New Zealand or the All Black 15 uh, to, to get that game time. But, but whether or not they do that just remains to be seen because you know they do seem to be uh, quite committed to the idea of taking very large groups of, of players away. They do. I've got a bit of an issue with the name All Blacks 15, but they're not going to be classified All Blacks, so I think it should be the New Zealand 15 or New Zealand A, but that's by the by. I'm wondering, and I don't know if you do know this, the eligibility for those players, like we've seen Peter Gus have a little bit of a little bit of game time, but he's now no longer eligible for Fiji. Will eligibility um, be affected for, you know, never played for the All Blacks, but then go and play for All Blacks 15, um, I don't know, Lalangi Visanir, someone like that, would that rule them ineligible or not? Um, I think the rule used to be that there was either the top team or the second top team. Now, you could class the, the Māori All Blacks as the second top team uh, or you could class this All Blacks 15. I don't know. I think a number of countries have been probably a little bit guilty of this over the years. Uh, and, you know, you, you hate to think of it, but I, I, I think there probably are cases over the over the years where they've gone, look, let's let's put this guy in here just to make sure he's he's one of ours. I, I'm not sure that I particularly like it when, uh, you know, you get a guy who might play 20 minutes of rugby and, and that precludes him for five years from playing for anyone else. But uh, oh, I hope that doesn't come into it. But, you know... You, you, you suspect that um, you know long-term planning. They think let's let's tie this guy up now. You wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised if that was the thinking. Um, Bunnings NPC just about every game this weekend. Uh, TJ has got something on it. What one team or both teams have got a lot to play for in nearly every fixture. Yep, uh, definitely the case. Uh, Hawks Bay Tasman tonight. Very good example. Hawks Bay uh, must win or at least do better than what Otago do. Uh, that could come down to bonus points. Um, if they had to make the top four, they were, you know, a team that was going such gangbusters with the Ramfilly Shield, they've dropped out of the top four, so they need to beat Tasman. Tasman uh, are not guaranteed anything yet. Uh, they're in fourth place, but they've got Northland right behind them, and Northland have got a game against Manawatu that you would think on form that Northland would be able to win. So Tasman have somehow got to find a couple of points at least in this game. So that, that starts the weekend. And, of course, the other thing about Tasman, if they get a win, it might just help them avoid Canterbury in a quarterfinal next week because the quarterfinals are actually you play against a team from within your own conference before they cross over. I'm not quite sure why that's the case, but that's what they've come up with. Then you've got Southland against Harbour. Well, Southland are out of it, but North Harbour... They they need the win. Uh, if you know they can stay in second place, they'd be very happy. Could well mean a home a quarterfinal against Auckland, uh, which they'd love. Um, Auckland Taranaki, Auckland in the same boat. Uh, they need to win, you know, possibly to stay in the top four. Uh, Taranaki out of contention, but you know how they love beating Auckland. Otago mm. Canterbury, well, Canterbury are secure, but Otago definitely needs the points there to stay in fourth place because uh, Hawks Bay could knock them out. Uh, Counties Monaco are out of it, but Wellington, uh, they'll want to stay top of the table as well and, and wrap up that spot ahead of the Waikato uh, Bay of Plenty game on, on Sunday, which could have all sorts of things riding on it. Um, 
because they're, they're both in the, in the top three, but one of them is going to get a home, uh, you'd think, a home quarterfinal, and one of them won't. So, And they could possibly end up top of the table. So, you know, as I say, pretty much every, well, in fact, every game will have some bearing on the playoff race. Then that's a great scenario. And I guess you'd have to say it's a bit of a tick for the new format, the odds and evens. I, I was, like, taking a watching brief to see whether I liked it or not, and Although my team's are nine losses from nine, uh, removing myself from that equation, I don't think any other uh, format would have even helped that, just given how they've gone this year. But it seems like it's it's worked pretty well, TJ. Yeah, I mean, I quite like the old scenario, but people found it confusing who was in the championship, who was in the premiership, two different divisions. I think it very much came out of a need to try and resolve uh, some some massive questions that were being asked, or going back over ten years now, about you know the future and you know how many teams they should have, and that was the solution at the time. And to me, it's worked pretty well, but I think uh, people found it confusing. I, I think uh, just the, the very cutthroat nature of it this year, we've had um, we've had upsets, uh, you know, certainly unexpected results. The crossover seems to have worked out pretty well. Uh, there's, there's still some things that they can look at, but what it means is that you know you go into the final weekend and there's really only one, two, there's only four teams that are not in contention. And then I'd say that you know you get into these final weekends that maybe they could think in future of the teams that miss out on on the top four quarterfinals. There could be some sort of playoff for them just to give them one more game and a chance for you know one more crowd or something like that, but. Um, you know, you can't really complain about the, the scenario that we have this weekend when you've got seven games of rugby and all of them are going to have some sort of impact on the makeup of the of the playoff draw. Uh, the interesting scenario too of um, returning All Blacks, uh, TJ. We see Peter Fita starting for Taranaki, Roger Tuivasa-Sheik starting for Auckland. But in the game you're calling tonight, Hawks Bay against Tasman, they're all back but they're all on the bench uh, it's going to make for an interesting final 20-30 minutes Yeah, you're, you're not sure what um, the thinking is behind that um, like in the case of Tasman, well they get Lester Fainga Anuku and Sevu Reese back um, but Dan Perrin and uh, Guy Cornelius, uh, sorry Grey Cornelius your pardon, um, have both uh, opted to, to stick with what's been serving them pretty well um, Fatuli Paya on the right wing, Maka Springer, who's still I think he's only nineteen years of age, but he's had a he's had a terrific season. Mm. Um, I think he's, he's up to about eight tries now, um, Springer, and he's just a young fella. So yeah, it does create um, all sorts of possibilities. I mean, you could bring Fang Anuku into the into the midfield, or you, um, you could um, just a straight replacement, or you could chuck Severus in at fullback. It, you know, th- this is a huge game. This. Um, and, and, of course, uh, Falau Whakataba uh, coming into the mix for Hawks Bay um, and coming off the bench um, for Brad Weber, who must be one of the unluckiest players in New Zealand rugby right now. I've nothing but admiration for this guy. I hope he gets one of these two. Well, he should get one of these tours at the end of the year um, because he's, he's just been fantastic. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to this game. I tell you, both sides, Hawks Bay look strong and Tasman look a bit stronger and more settled than they've probably been at any stage of the season, given this run of injuries that they've had. So, yeah, and you're chucking Fakatava, Fanga Anuku, and Reese late in the game, um, and and uh, Bryn Evans, who's uh, you know also a former All Black. It, it, it makes I, I think this is an intriguing match and prospect.
You just mentioned Brad Weber there. I reckon he's going to be the captain of the New Zealand 15 that goes away. I really do. Well, that, yeah, that would be that would be an acknowledgement uh, of a guy who, to me, I, I think been extremely unlucky just over the last few years not to have had more opportunities at all black level. Uh, it's great that he's still here. I mean, you've got to admire that. Um, you, you know, can't really say a thing about the guy. Um, but just, just, just one final thing. I know we're just about out of time. I, I see um, um, talking of, you know, I mentioned injuries. Quintupaya now, it turns out that injury is a lot worse mm. than they initially hoped. I mean, I actually just had a quick word with him the day after and, and he was really hopeful that he was going to avoid surgery because as soon as you have surgery, you're tacking on two or three months. Now turns out that uh, that's a nine-month injury and this clown is going to get what? He's going to end up missing three test matches because they're going to send him on this Australia A tour. That'll cover three of his six-game suspension. And so what sort of a punishment is that for inflicting an injury that's not only going to take a, a, a top professional player out of action, for, for nine, an international player out of action for nine months, might even put him in doubt for next year's World Cup. And... and who knows, you know, what sort of a recovery he's going to make for it. And, 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 and he gets, what, misses three test matches. It's just, it, it, it's wrong every single way you look at it. Yeah, and I remember on the breakfast show sometime this week, uh, Israel Dag was saying, when you do your knee as a rugby player, it never comes back as good. You, you lose a little bit of speed, you lose a bit of strength, and you lose a lot of confidence. It's... Um, just a clown act that hasn't been served right, and I think pretty much everyone's universal on that. The other thing, too, it, 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 I, just a couple of thing, vibes that I picked up on um, about Darcy Swain, just his general demeanour around that whole test match, both sort of on, you know, on and off the field, directed at other players, directed at the All Black uh, support staff. Um, there, there was... There was, there was something going on there that that I but as I say um, this really comes back to the judiciary they've been soft all year and they're doing the game no favours bang on TJ bang on I'm going to let you go and get on the plane mate looking forward to your call tonight it's a it's a barnstormer of a game and you have my full permission to wear the Tasman eye patch mate get them home well no 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 (laughs) not doing that brother I know uh, you don't no look I I uh, I love going to Napier, and I think this is a terrific Hawks Bay team. So now I'll I'll be uh, hopefully you know down the middle, but I, I I will have to take by the sound of it, I might have to take my raincoat. <laughs> Good man, thanks, DJ, as always. Okay, cheers, Steffi. It's time for the Jeremy Paul Show with your hosts Mark Stafford and Jeremy Paul. Jeremy Paul Show. Oh, stronger. Cheaper spray and go. It's not by Jeremy Paul. It's by Lifestyle Focus. This is our Lifestyle Focus rugby update. Jeremy Paul from his sick bed in Australia, brother. I'm so sorry to hear you're not well. Bro, I lost the bladders low and I picked up the flu from New Zealand. Like, worst trip ever. Worst trip ever. No. <laughs> no, it was. It's been first one time? of those awful seasons, haven't it? Yeah, it was, it's been one of those awful f- seasons. First time back in New Zealand, I think since pre-COVID, JP. It must have been good uh, to get back to your, your Kiwi roots and um, just breathe a little bit of fresh Kiwiana air. Oh, getting back to the New Zealand, bro, was awesome. Um, wife loved it. Um, 
and uh, got to go to some beautiful restaurants in Auckland. Oh, um, my God, there's just... Mate, what, what a mecca. What, what a place. Like, Auckland is just buzzing. Like, I absolutely worshipped being there. and um, Hated losing the game, though, but uh, in Pakaranga Rugby, they were awesome. Uh, the boys looked after me, probably a little bit too much. Um, and probably that's too what, well, but uh, that's what got you, mate. It's not the flu. You've just got a seven-day <laughs> hangover. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, not quite. Mate, I <laughs> Don't worry about that. Um, um, what have we got be- on today, mate? What have we? What have we got? What have we got? I've got well, plenty, we're going I've got plenty we're, to talk about. We've got. Okay, well, we've got a few questions. Let's get the questions out of the way that have come through. First one. Uh, was from Mikey, a uh, great man in Christchurch, saying, sounds great. At the Fo- We're at a pub today, uh, JP, down at the Fox, which is a oh. sports bar down in the Viaduct, and he said he missed you earlier this week, but he's looking forward to hearing from you today. Can you ask him his thoughts now on Dave Rennie as coach? He must be under immense pressure over in Australia. It's a result-driven world, right? Like, it's, it's, you're going to be under pressure when you, when you have the results. But I'm really liking, I like what Dave Rennie's done. Um, I like um, the the style of rugby they're playing, um, and you got to look at with what he's been working with. Like he's he had twelve injuries going into that game. Like we, <laughs> like you got to have some common sense here. Like it, and he is the guy for us to take us. Sorry, mate, um, to take us to the Rugby World Cup. Like he is definitely the coach and. I trust him, and I, I, mate, I've, I've, he's got a hundred percent of my backing, um, and I think he's he's actually got the Wallabies playing a good style. When, when we've when we've had the best side on the on the pitch, we've looked really really good. Like, and, I, and I'm like liking the way he's also to brought through younger guys. So, um, no, no, he's the guy. Look, he is under pressure though. But just 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 to that. There are people that are working within Rugby Australia that have been there. Anyone that's been over there working in there for over seven or eight years should all be sacked. Like, why are they? Why do you work for a sporting organisation who's like you've basically been contributing to the worst times ever in Australian rugby's history, but yet you still got a job, but yet a coach? Because it's all together, right? The rugby program supports the administration, and the administration supports the rugby program. Like, why is the administration part of people, CEOs get their heads on the chopping block, but what about all the other people that are working in there, like in the high-performance unit side of things? It's, mm-hmm. it's, insane. it's absolutely insane to me. Like, I, I don't understand that. Um, I just have to pre-read this one. Uh, Staffy, could you please ask Ooh. Jeremy Paul, uh, and please ask him to remove his Australian eye patch before he answers, if he thinks the punishment fits the crime with regards to Darcy Swain. Oh, look, it, it was... Look, I think six weeks, I oh, mean, he could have got eight to 12, to be honest. Um, now, by the sounds of things, he's had more damage and he potentially... I'm, I'm a big believer in the, 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 the time that you serve should also equate to how much that person has been injured if it's foul play like that um again i will i will back young darcy swain he does play on the edge he is he is a good beautiful young kid um and he's and he stuffed up he really did and and i think there's no greater black hole in the world right now that's surrounding darcy swain like i think he's um 
he's not that type of kid. Like he's really not. But when you play on that edge, like you, you're going, like and if you cross it, you cross it badly, don't you? Like you, you know, you you he got red carded with that very slight little bum kiss, like with his tap of the head, that love kiss. Like do you remember the the head butt he had? Um, and look, that was again silly. Um, and he, like I said, he's, it's, I don't know, it's tall blokes, right? Anyone over six foot six, they're just angry. But, um, but again, like that was, it was, it was dumb play and it was, it was horrible play. And that's, those, those are the sort of things we don't want our kids to be doing, right? Like, and we want to, and we want to protect players, not only protect players' heads, but we want to protect players' bodies. So I, yeah, I, I believe that potentially that it should have been eight to 12 weeks. Um, because it just rules it out, right, for the next person. Yeah. Like you, you're not gonna you're not gonna do something stupid like that. But in saying that, I, w- I will stick up for the kid because he is a beautiful kid and he's 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 made a mistake here. He's made a huge, huge, huge judgment error. Uh, got two more questions. We're going to save them till the end because they're a little bit more light-hearted. But we we learned, and uh, regular listeners will know, and it was even bore out even more on Monday. What a massive fan of rugby league you are, and it's the big grand final this Sunday. We actually got Craig Gower coming on the show in about an hour's time. But Penrith and Parramatta, I know you've made a reservation in your lounge to watch the grand final. It's going to be a ripper, mate. I am so pumped. Mate, I'm, I'm not just pumped about the grand final. I'm pumped about the Rugby League World Cup. Like, the Rugby League World Cup, like, the IRB better take note of this because you watch this product. Like, remember the first Rugby League World Cup, 1987, John Kerwin sprints 95 metres against Italy and scores one of the most magnificent yeah. tries ever. Um, we We... we we are on the presence here, I reckon, of something really special with this. Because, see, the difference with rugby league and um, the Soccer World Cup and, and, and the Rugby Union World Cup is all the, basically 90% of all players are being, being bred here in Australia in the NRL, in the best competition in the world. So... From an international point of view, because see, their international rules with respect to playing for a country, like look at the grand final, right? Like you look at you look at the grand final, and players that actually won't be playing for Australia, and playing like Dylan Brown playing for New Zealand, Mitchell Moses is going to be playing for Lebanon. Like you've got you've got all the teams in the world that are playing in the in the Rugby League World Cup. Um, all being born, well, not born, um, well, their parents or grandparents in terms of where it allows them eligibility for their country. Mate, this Rugby League World Cup is going to be just... And they're all going to be NRL players. Yeah. So the, the competition itself is going to be awesome. Like, mate, I am absolutely pumped. But Rugby League Grand Final this weekend, you, look, the two powerhouses, Penrith... Oh, what a side, man. What an absolute side. 13 players, mate, from last year's grand final is playing this weekend. 13 players. Like, you just, you don't get experience like that, man. Like, even when we went, uh, we played four grand finals in five years. And we probably had eight players at the most that had played in, in other finals at one given time. 
even the Crusaders, right? Like when they played over thirteen out of their seventeen, bro. And like two and two eels. Only two eels have played a grand final. Yeah, only two. Exactly. Exactly, right? And, and that's massive. I, I like, as a, as a guy that's played grand finals, you know, you've played World Cup finals, you've played Super Rugby finals, that week lead up, if you cast your mind back to your first one and compare it to your mindset for your second, third and fourth, it must help. Um, it, 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 there, there's no question. Like, and, and I suppose it's difficult for people to understand with respect to what's going on in their head, right? Like, it's... And particularly when you haven't been there, like the, the external pressure too that the Parramatta Eels face. You know, they've got a huge supporter base. Um, they haven't had success in a, since 84, I think, but did play in their last grand final in 2009 against the Melbourne Storm, which I lost on the chaser the other day. But um, I, um, but I, I, look at, I, I look at the side, though, Parramatta, and they've just, unfortunately this year, they've just shown inconsistencies of not showing up when the pressure's on. And, look, they have that. Look, they played incredibly well over the last couple of weeks, and, and that was a huge win in, in North Queensland. Like, to go up to the and Cowboys, beat the Cowboys at home, humidity everywhere, like, it, that was a big, huge win. And I just, I just don't know if they've gone in England themselves, where they've, you know, when England beat the All Blacks in the semi-final and then just didn't show up in the grand final against the... Uh, in the Rugby World Cup final against the Springboks. And I just, I think they might have played their grand final last week. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be a massive blowout, but I think it's going to be 13 plus. I, I, the way Penrith are, are rolling, the way that they dismantled South last week, um, they hadn't even gotten into like fourth or fifth gear yet, bro. Like they, they, they look that scary. They really, really do. And I just look up. You'd like to give the, the the eels a bit of a chance, but mate, they they are just too strong everywhere. They really are. Every position, they are in the top three, um, and that's what you need. Like the one, the, like the World Cup when we won the World Cup in '99, when we won Super Rugby titles, it was because across positions one to fifteen, those positions you have to be in the top three in the competition. Like majority of the time, they're number one. But if if you because you can't have number ones from one to fifteen, right? Or like taking rugby league one to thirteen, you can't have uh, you you can't have um, the top players because of the salary cap as well. But when you look across that one to thirteen with Penrith, they are you'd almost say top two actually. Like you'd almost say top two like across everywhere. Look, young Charlie Staines has come in um, for the for the injury of of young May, which what a what a fine. This 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid, what a star he's going to be. So if they haven't had already established players, they've unearthed the next big thing. So, uh, look, I just think this juggernaut's going to continue and the only thing that's going to stop him is the salary cap, bro. Yeah, it is. It is. And I don't know whether you're aware of No basis on this rumour, none whatsoever, but John Kerman on TV said the other night he'd heard that the Roosters were circling to offer Roger Tuivasa-Shek uh, a door to come back in. I don't know that that's the, the door he'd choose, given that Tedesco's uh, still going to be there. But, you know, the Dolphins, maybe the Storm with a brittle Pappenhausen. You know rugby, you know rugby league, and you know elite oval ball athletes. Um, 
Roger, two of us, is mindset. He's hardly getting to play at all. Uh, he's probably only got three or four years at the absolute top level. He doesn't want to be doing it on a bench and doing trainings with the All Blacks. Interesting conundrum. Mate, it is. But, uh, look, he's made a decision and, and would have realised that it was going to be a tough... And you don't get to where you got to, mate, like, by it just coming to you on a silver platter. Like, he's worked his absolute backside off to get to where he's gotten to in life with regards to his status within the game. And this is always the big decision of just crossing over. Like, it was never going to be easy. Um, I'd be incredibly surprised if he doesn't... If he does it before the World Cup. Like... He, look, he if he has a, a super rugby season next year, if he has, uh, I think, the season he will have next year um, with super rugby and particularly with the Auckland Blues and how good they are, all this stuff, all these things that are written about him now at the moment, they all go away. And he'll be a part of this, 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 this rugby World Cup and potentially be a big part of it. I, I said, look, he's always going to get, he's always going to have those offers, and I think the one thing about Roger Tuivasa-Sheck as well is he's also one of those young professionals that, mate, he's he's never been a big drinker, well, never been, I think, even drunk um, or big drinker. He's always looked after his body, he hasn't had terribly major injuries, so mate, he hasn't got three or four more years. He's got another ten years, mate. Like he can, like it's 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 ridiculous to think now the modern footy player, like with regards to the the recovery techniques, with regards to just the just the knowledge now, mate. Like because back in the day it was all about like going out and having a drink and you know like oh yeah I'll recover later, mate. It's shorten your career and the injury side of things. You you just mate you didn't have the technology now. You didn't have the recovery process. Mate, he's he's the ultimate professional. Like I reckon the bloke could easily last for another ten, like at least another six to seven, anyway. Because you've got overseas as well, so it gives them the option to go and play in Japan. They could probably play in Japan for another twenty years. Like seriously, like he's just he's that good, right? Like, but I look. There's always going to be these things that are going to be rumored about him because he's like because everyone thinks that they know what he's thinking. Like, oh, he's not playing, he's, he's, he's on the bench, he's on the outer. This is what makes and defines you as a rugby player as well as why you get there in the end, mate, is because these are the little steps that no one sees when you get to the top. Like, now, look, I'll be, I'd, I'd be hugely surprised if he, if he leaves. I think he's, this is sort of something that he'll look back in his career where he's got an opportunity to go. In this, and I think being a part of a squad itself would also be just as fulfilling as starting bro like it really is so i think i think another good season under super rugby look which i think he'll kill it next year i think he'll find his feet um play some play some npc now but have a good off season keep getting that body right and man no i think he'll be electric next year right five second answers because we're late for the news yep. uh f- yep. from cookie holden or ford ooh holden Hold on. And your favourite Spice Girl from Mark? Oh, I met Baby Spice one night, so she's got to be mine. <laughs> Good man, JP. We'll talk to you next week. See you, bro. Ka kite. Jeremy Paul joins us every Friday. New sport and weather. We'll be back after that. Yes, you're on the afternoons with Steffi. Thanks to Gull. Uh, and we are live from the Fox, a wonderful sports bar down here on the Viaduct. And joining us now is a man that's used to this time of the year with the pressure of the final. He captain Penrith. 
to a grand final victory in 2003. Craig Gower joins us. G'day, Craig. G'day, boys. How are we? We are fantastic. But how are you feeling? Like, what a ride, what a journey this Penrith club has been on this season. You must have been so proud of what they've been putting out. Yeah, it's been an amazing year for them. You know, you, know, you look over the last couple of years, it's, it's, it's certainly been the side to, to beat. And, um, you know, they've done all the right things. They've, they've had things go, go their way. Uh, you know, they had a lot of young guys come through and get blooded this year, which has been great for the club. And they've had a lot of success as well uh, throughout the club. So uh, now it's just uh, to get the first guy over the line now. It's been an incredibly successful season for the organisation. I mean, the three, the three grades underneath the age groups, the uh, the reserve grade, and now the main team, overwhelming favourites. And and I think even with your Penrith hat on, they've been the best club this season. Um, speaks volumes for the organisation itself too, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and it just shows you that you know you put the work into the pathways, which um, you know. It, 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 by a team these days, it's just too hard, and um, uh, you know, because obviously, yeah, you know, you're paying overs for guys, and you know, when you get young guys coming through, they're obviously not on that much sort of money, and then they're, they're there to prove themselves. And when they do, then it starts to bite you in the cap, and uh, that certainly has done that with Penrith. And um, but fortunately enough, we've, we've had enough players to come through and and fill the, the, the void that those guys have left, and. Uh, I'll have to do that next year as well with, with the losses that they're going to have. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that actually because you know Melbourne had uh, a wonderful run in the in the premiership and uh, they managed to have a have a saloon a lot of guys through because there must be a, a time when a player that might be on like two hundred fifty thousand and all of a sudden he's being offered five and six hundred thousand. But where's the tipping point? Do you think between playing for a team that's successful and then playing for a little bit more money. There must, there must be a line there. Uh, it's up to the individual. You know, what actually, you know, pushes them to succeed. Is it the, the financial, the games, or is it actually, you know, winning games and being competitive? You know, that, that varies between between um, players because of their situations, their, their families and, and all the rest of it. You know, obviously with the Polynesian guys, they're, they look after their families, you know, from, from what I understand, and um, you know that, you know, from what I know that you know their parents are going in there negotiating. So that certainly, you know, certainly affects it because you know that's, that's all about money, you know, and uh, sometimes it gets a bit lost in translation. But uh, as I said, it's each their own, and and um, you know when guys start to to play play well and and be in a successful side and, and the rest of it, then. You know, clubs are coming because you know they, they that know that they they come through a good system and just like you know previously with Melbourne, you know most players that come out of Melbourne they're, they've been in a great system and you know they're, they're flourished everywhere they go. So um, it's just like that with uh, Penrith at the moment. Just as, as captain in two thousand and three, we've been talking a lot on the station all week about how Penrith have been uh, finalists, they've been champions in recent years. I think there's 13 returning players from the successful campaign from last year. Grand final week itself, it's different than any other week and it could be a hindrance for Parramatta. And I think as much as you say, yeah, we know, we're we're ready for it, unless you've actually been through it. it, Tell us, 
is it a tricky week to navigate uh, not being on the footy field and doing these lunches and breakfasts and dally ends and, and all of that? Is, is it a tough week? Yeah, no, good question. You know, for, for our side, it, it wasn't. You know, we, we thoroughly enjoyed the whole experience of, you know, what Grand Final Week uh, brought and that's the way you have to do it because the opportunity doesn't come around just too often and some people say you need to lose one to win one but, that, you know, I think that's a lot of load of crap, you know. It's, um, it's, it's the individuals that, that decide you got, what, what belief they got in themselves. And uh, at that particular time when we were playing it, you know, we had the, the ultimate belief and the ultimate confidence in, in our ability and, and being able to get the job done. And I think that showed. I showed in the sheds before and we'll, everyone was really relaxed and, and just, just loving the moment. And, um, you know, like that's the, that's the stuff you really want to try and bottle, but, you know, it's so hard to do. Um. Going back to your era, Roosters were the finalists in 02, then again in 03, and, and in many ways it mirrors Penrith and the Eels this year. What did they do right coming up against the team that had already been there the year before and knew how to win it? Oh, let's just back to the belief in, in what, we, what we were doing at the, at the time. Um, you know, Roosters were a great side, you know, but we were minor premise um, at the time, so we uh, effectively, we, you know, our season was just a great season altogether. So we didn't come from the clouds, you know. We were up the we're up the top there, and um, you know that's uh, with the Parramatta, they're going to have external pressure. That's how that, that's how it is. But it's, it's how you you accept it and how you deal with it as a as a footy team. And um, if they can get over that, well, they're, they're a chance. But uh, you know, obviously, I'm a Penrith boy, and I'm 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 thinking that we're going to have a Penrith victory because just with the, the class that we got in that that team and. Um, you know, they're pretty fresh, you know, like Mason hasn't played many games this year. Uh, mm. You know, he'd be looking out there to, to establish himself as, you know, one of the all-time great halfbacks, you know, in the game, it's just let alone, you know, Penrith. So, you know, winning, winning back-to-back grand finals, you know, no team has, has done that since the Broncos. So, you know, it just shows you what, what sort of a classy team it, it is. And, but they're going to have to be at their best. And, and you know, likewise, it's going to be the big moments that, that players will have to come up with to, to um, you know, give their side a chance of victory. And, you know, you know referring to ourselves, you know, start to come up with that massive tackle on Toddy Byrne, you know, that, that, that changed the whole game. And, and then we had three massive plays and um, to, to lead to tries, and, and that was the game. So it just shows you that there's not many moments out there, but whoever takes them um, will, will win the game. Yeah, looking at the Penrith side, it's just it's beautifully balanced with game breakers and then your absolute tradesmen that roll their sleeves up and get the job done. But if you were looking at the Eels lineup with a Penrith cap on, areas you think they might be able to be exploited as as the guy that ran the attack for the Panthers, where are you looking to exploit the Eels? Uh, well, it's going to be Nathan's kick game. I, I think. Uh, they're pretty strong across the, across the park, but uh, you, you know, with with Wackel Blake under, underneath the high ball, he's, he's been very shady over the last few weeks. And you know, certainly, you know, if he if they put one up to, to him and he drops it, you know, the confidence is going to, is going to go down, and and that that's going to be an area that you know I'm sure they'll focus on. Um, but one way to combat that, I think Gutho is going to sort of stand in his pocket and have Sivo just fan around just to, to cut off the space. Uh, that's one way to sort of combat that as well. So, uh, you, you know, there's so many forms of attack from, from Penrith. So through Yowie, through the middle, you know, they've got Nathan, Luai, 
you know, they, they've got class across the park. So they're not one time eventually in the way they play, and uh, I'm sure that they're going to throw a lot at uh, Parramatta. Do, do the team of 03 in that era, do you, do you have a network? Do you have a WhatsApp group? Do you have get-togethers? Will, will you be joining each other for the grand final and, and uh, relive some of the past glories and, and the build-up with a couple of frothies and maybe some fish and chips or something while the game's getting ready to go? How, how do you spend grand final day? Yeah, there'll be no fish and chips, uh, let's just say that. But we are, we are getting together... Uh, Tomorrow, actually, so we try and get together every every uh, like the day before grand final every year. Because obviously, guys have got commitment from the day and the rest of it. But um, no, we're excited to catch up. We haven't obviously with COVID and the rest of it, we haven't caught up for a number of years. So it's certainly um, you know certainly good to see the boys and and you know obviously see how they're going and family wise. You know, you're not that close as you know as mates mates, but you know yeah. when we get when we get together, like it's just like we were together you know, yesterday. You know, so. It's just a, it's a great feeling to, to see the guys and, and see, you know, how they're travelling in life and, and family and all the rest of it. Had a few text messages while we've been chatting, Craig, saying it's great to hear from you again. And uh, a lot of people just saying, what are you up to now? Are you still involved with the game at all? Or what's your nine to five? Uh, nine to five, I'm in the construction game. I'm in the pumping, concrete pumping game and um, sort of just fell into it. I, I was sort of floating around a little bit. So, you know, it's sort of hard when you're... You finish football that you you know you sort of love doing. Just, you know you start again because you know I, I never I've never worked before, so it's, um, it's been a, it's, a, it's a bit different. You know what I mean? But um, you know I've been doing stuff, stuff with some uh, the flag, but then COVID hit, so I'm going to try and get into just, just a, you know fighting in and doing doing a little bit here and there and see how I enjoy it and stuff. But, you know I, I miss the, the camaraderie with the boys and and the rest of it. You, you, you never you never miss that, and and also you know. You know, it's hard to find that adrenaline after after playing for so long. And, you know, there's no other feeling than running out in the football field in front of thousands of people. Um, and you don't get that after after yet. You know, it's um, yeah, it's, it's like most most players. We, we I think we struggle a little bit, but um, you know, if you have the right network around you and so forth, it's, you know, you can uh, navigate yourself the way uh, way through it. Oh, it's good Good that you've come out the other side of all of that, Craig. I, mean, I know a lot of players are battle with it, and um, Palmer Concrete could have been worse things to do, mate. Um, I know I know you'll pick Penrith, but we've been having uh, an on-air competition with the listeners today to, to pick a team, to pick a score, and to pick an any-time try scorer. Who would you go for? Uh, I'm going uh, Penrith and Dylan Edwards for school. Yep. And you want to know a score, do you? Is that yep. right? Yeah. Yep. I think it's say 24. 24. I missed the other one. 24-12 to Penrith. 24-12 to Penrith. Right. Well, mate, I'm stoked, and the listeners are stoked uh, to hear from you. It's a really cool part of the time. We love celebrating the past, and it's good that we, you'll be celebrate, uh, celebrating the present with your former teammates getting together tomorrow. I reckon that's. That's really cool. Thanks. Thanks heaps for your time today, Craig. Really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. And how's big uh, Rocky going? Rocky, blue oh, player going. Big, 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 big Ross Filippo, of course, a former teammate back in France. He's, uh, he's coaching the Waikato uh, provincial team here. Uh, they'd been yep. unbeaten until two weeks ago, and they've just had two, two losses on the trot, but still well in the hunt for the semi-final. So he'll get them up again. Oh. Don't worry about that. Yeah, lovely. I'll tell you what's a little low anyway. Thanks very much. Yeah, I will, Craig. Thanks, buddy. Jeez, Craig Gower. No worries. 
skipper of the Penrith Panthers to t- take them to the title in uh, 2003. Yeah, and he played for, now I'm pretty sure it was Bayonne. They played together in France. And Craig Gow played first five. And he actually naturalised and ended up playing uh, rugby union for Italy as well. Um, and then went to London Broncos. Uh, played for a long, long time, Craig Gow. And it was great to hear from him as well. So we're coming up, or actually we're just a little bit after news time. I see Kimberly Downs is in the house. No sign of uh, Beaver yet, but Manai Stewart from Waimati, he's here as well. Uh, we will take a break. And before we finish, we're going to catch up with Nick Davis when we head across the ditch. But just for now, let's go to new sport and weather. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.